I hope you're clapping for the announcements. That's the good part. Okay, so my name's Kyle. I work for the North Central District Christian Missionary Alliance. Uh, fancy stuff. So I oversee all the new churches, and I'm blessed to work with 14 new startups right now, so that's why you don't see me that often. I can't believe it's been a year since the last time I was here. I should at least come twice a year. I've got my son, Elm, with me. He's shy. Sorry, Elm, I'm embarrassing you. He is named for my grandpa, Elmer, who was a farmer in Scotland, South Dakota. Both my parents grew up in Scotland. So I, I love this part of the country. We would come here for every holiday <laughs> when my grandparents were alive. And uh, yeah, so I kind of, I know it's a little farther, but it's great to be here. Uh, my wife, Molly, serves as a worship uh, leader at our church in Roseville, Minnesota. And so she's leading worship right now with my daughter, June, there as well. And she also does youth ministry, and they're doing their fall raking cleanup today. So yeah, so that's all happening. So that's my family. Um, I get to go be at a lot of different churches and a lot of different types of churches. So I, week to week, will be at a more traditional church in a traditional building. I'll sometimes go to a lot of church plants. A lot of our church plants are different ethnic churches that don't always speak English, so Ethiopian churches. We have some churches that are Native American. We have a Liberian church that I'm working at. I, I get to go to a lot of different churches, and I want to tell you all, you all are overachievers. <laughs> Do you want to know why? Probably a few reasons, but one is... Almost every church I go into, nobody sits in the front row. It is rare that no one sits in the front two rows. So I want to commend you all today. That's amazing. You guys got this back row stuff down. Uh, usually the front row is open. Uh, unless you're at one of the African churches, those, those guys like to be right up front. But So way to go. Front two rows are open. Uh, it's good to be here with you today, and I'm going to just talk to you about one of the core things about what a Christian Missionary Alliance church is. Uh, this church is planted as part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, and you might not even know what that is or why that is or anything, and I recognize that. And so I'm going to just share with you one of the core principles of what we believe as part of the church, and I'm going to break it into two parts for you today. And I invite you to fully embrace this as part of this church. And, and I've been working with Pastor Jimmy, I don't know how long, four years, five years? Five years. Five years now. So him and I are pretty close. And I know he fully embraces this. And I want to invite you to fully embrace this as well. And that is this. We want you to embrace all of Jesus for all of the world. All of Jesus for all of the world. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about those two things. What do I mean when I say all of Jesus? And what do I mean when I say all of the world? Okay, so let's start with all of Jesus. Uh, in the Christian Missionary Alliance, we have this core principle that Jesus is our Savior, our Sanctifier, our Healer, and our coming King. And we believe that's the heart of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. So let's talk about Jesus as our Savior. I hope all of you have embraced Jesus as our Savior. Maybe you haven't today, but I mean two things. John 3.16, I bet you all could say this one. And I'm going to be jumping around Scripture today. I'm not going to have one text, but we'll have a lot of Scripture throughout. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus is a universal Savior. He is for everyone. Whoever would believe in him can have eternal life. 
Jesus' saving power is available to you. Jesus' saving power is available to those who are not here this morning. It is a universal power that is available to everyone. And you might hear the word universal and say, "Uh uh-oh, is this some universalist preacher? No, let me get to the second point. Don't judge me that quickly. The second point is this, though. Though it is available to everyone, Jesus is also an exclusive Savior. He is an exclusive Savior. We read in Acts 4.12 that salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name in heaven given given to men by which we must be saved. So though Jesus is universal, he wants to save all, he is exclusive. We can only be saved through him. Contrary to what contemporary culture tells us, there are not multiple paths to God. There is only one, and he is Jesus. And we are passionate about people being saved, that Jesus is our Savior. We believe lost people really matter to God. That when we were lost, when you were lost, you mattered to God, and he wanted you to be found. The second point is this, Jesus is our sanctifier. That's a big word, (laughs) sanctifier. Sanctification is a process of being made holy, being more like Christ. It happens through two steps, one step being separation and the other being attachment. 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16 says this, but just as he who called you is holy, just as God is holy, you should be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Can you make yourself holy? How many of you have tried really hard to be a good person? I've tried really hard to be a good person. A little bit. Until it's inconvenient, right? Until uh, I don't really want to be that good. I don't want to be that self-sacrificial. See, part of what our contemporary culture also tells us is that you can try really hard and you can become a great person. Watch any infomercial. All you need is whatever they're selling or whatever program it is. But you can try really hard and become a good person. Does that actually work? Well, you can improve a little bit. You can improve. You can maybe learn some new habits, some new skills, and you can get a little better. But at your core... When it comes to the things inside of you, your selfishness, maybe I should say my selfishness. I I don't know you that well. I don't know that you're selfish. My selfishness. (laughs) My desire for the things that I want. My, My hopes for my life. Those are hard things to give up, aren't they? They're hard things to give up. Part of the process of being sanctified is that we become more holy. We become more Christ-like. And we can't do that, that inner work by mere effort. You can't effort your way to a better inner life. It's only done by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. And as we continue to yield ourselves together to the power of the Spirit, we can actually be changed. That's part of the good news of the gospel, that Jesus actually changes us from the inside out. And that's what I mean when I say Jesus is our sanctifier. He can change you. He wants to change you to be more like him. That's pretty good news, right? 
Jesus saves us, but he also changes us from the inside out. I mean, that's, that's great. It doesn't stop there. Jesus is also our healer. Jesus is our healer. We believe that Jesus still heals us today. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, the things that ail us, Jesus has the power to heal us today. The purpose of healing is to glorify Jesus. And in the book of Acts, I know you all are studying the book of Acts right now, there's three important truths that Jesus is still the healer and that healing comes from Jesus alone and the purpose of healing is to glorify Jesus. So we believe that Jesus is our healer. So Jesus is our Savior, he's our sanctifier, he's our healer, and he's also our coming king. Acts 1.11 says this, The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. We believe that Jesus will come back again. Is that good news? <laughs> That's pretty good news. Jesus' second coming, it'll be personal. He himself, not some representative, no one else, he himself will come back. Further, his return will be public. It'll be visible. We will see it. In fact, the book in Revelations 1-7 says, every eye will see him. I long to see Jesus. I long to see him come back. More and more, I think, as I think about these four aspects of Jesus' good news, that Jesus is our Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, Coming King, uh, this Coming King part has really captured me. Do you ever get confused as far as like, you see some situation on the news or on social media, and you see like two sides to a story, especially around something that's unjust, you know, and, and you see it and it's confusing. And it's hard to know, like, the more information I find out, the more I'm confused <laughs> by, like, what actually happened and who's right and who's wrong and how did this work out. And it's confusing. It is a confusing time we live in where people, I think, are intentionally trying to confuse us as far as what's happening. And I long for a day that Jesus will return and bring perfect justice. Do you know Jesus is not confused by any event that happens? Jesus can look at things and say right and wrong. He can look at things and the world and say, you're the ones who have followed me and committed yourselves to me, and you're ones who haven't. Jesus is going to see the hearts of people that are unseen to us. And I long for that day when there will be no more confusion, and Jesus comes back and just says, I'm going to make everything right again. Everything that was wrong, he's going to make right. And it's hard for us to know how to do that, and we long to do that, and there's a tension we live in in that that won't all actually happen until Christ returns. And so that's why we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. So I'm going to give you a little time to think about this for yourself because the problem with most of us, myself included, is that sometimes instead of all of Jesus, we embrace some of Jesus. You got it. <laughs> some. Some of Jesus. Maybe you asked Jesus to be your Savior. You prayed a prayer, and it should have started there, and it should have led to doing some deep work in changing your motivations, changing you, sanctifying you. But you said, you know, this sum of Jesus' is saving part, I get to go to heaven when I die, that's enough. I don't really want him to change me. 
I'm sorry, you've only got some of Jesus. Maybe you've asked Jesus to heal a part of who you are. And by the Holy Spirit's power, you've been healed. Relationship has been healed. You went to Jesus and you're like, Jesus, I need help with this. Please heal this. And he did it. But you stop there. And you're just so anxious about the state of the world today. And you don't see that, have any hope that Jesus could come back and just make things right again. And you haven't really trusted that Jesus is going to come at the right time. And you had this anxiety that you live in. He's healed you, but you're also not trusting him as your coming king. The good news for you is that you can have it all. All of Jesus is available to you. Jesus wants to give all of himself to you. All of it. So I'm going to just take a minute and invite you to a a prayer time before we move to the next um, thing. So uh, I'm going to lead a prayer time, and and sometimes people think, oh no, this is going to be boring. He's just going to talk and I'm going to listen. Sorry, I'm not letting you off the hook. I'm going to give you some prompts, and I'm going to invite you to just, in your own mind, silently, to just talk to Jesus, or also to listen to Jesus. So get comfortable. This isn't going to be weird or creepy, and just close your eyes wherever you are. I'm going to invite you to ask Jesus one question. Jesus, do do I have all of you? Is there one part of you, Jesus, that I need today? Just ask Jesus that question. Jesus, we are listening for your voice. We want all of you. Your Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, Coming King. If something came into your mind of just saying, even as I was talking, like, I do need to be changed, sanctified. I need to be healed. Never ask Jesus to save me. I want to trust that Jesus is coming again. Let's just take a minute You can just ask Jesus, Jesus, can you heal me? (laughs) Jesus, can you change my motivation on the inside? Can you change me? Jesus, can you save me? Jesus, give me hope that you're coming again. Ask Jesus for that. He wants to give it to you. Amen. God wants to do something in you before he can do something through you. That's why we start with all of Jesus. God wants to give you all of him. He wants to work in you, but he also wants to work through you. And that's where this all of the world part comes in. So let me tell you when we mean all of the world, I'm going to take you to Acts 1, 3 through 8. This is after Jesus had resurrected, but he was still here. He hadn't ascended yet. This is what it says, Luke wrote this, After his suffering, 
He presented himself to them. Jesus presented himself to the disciples and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's interesting as we think about Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. Um, Jerusalem was right where they lived, the city where they were. (laughs) You're going to be Jesus' witnesses in that city. Judea was that kind of regional area, maybe their state or their, as we would think of it, their greater region, but also kind of their own people. And then Jesus said, you're also going to be my witnesses in Samaria. Now, we know the story of the Good Samaritan. That ticked a lot of people off because there was no such thing as a Good Samaritan. Those were people that were different than them. Those were people that were ethnically different than them, that were different from them in a lot of ways. And Jesus said, you're going to be my witness to those different people that you don't really like that live around you. And you're also going to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Thank goodness that's true because here we are at the ends of the earth, right? Have you ever thought about that? We're like as far away as from Jerusalem as you could get. Praise God that, he, that there's been witnesses to come this far. And as I was driving here, I stayed in Sioux Falls last night, but as I was driving down this morning, I thought, it is so interesting I'm giving this message in a town called Centerville, right? Because Centerville, I don't know the history of why it's, why it's called Centerville, but we all think that we're the center of our story, don't we? <laughs> Do you ever think that? Like, have you ever stepped back and think like, I always think that I'm the main character in everything that's going on with everybody. Now, we're invited to be part of a new story where God is the main character. And as we think about this this idea of reaching people, being called to reach people as a church in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, it's a good thing for you to wrestle with in your life and in the life of this church. My challenge, and I, I challenge Jimmy with this, and I know he's of this heart, is that you are called to do all four of those things. This church is supposed to be all four of those things. And you might be looking around like, oh man, how are we going to do that? This is the call. This is, this is like a repeated call of Jesus. Matthew 28, and then again in Acts. It must be important, right? <laughs> it was recorded for us a couple times. It's important. The hardest part about this is there's this sociological term called the homogeneous unit principle. You don't need to remember that. What that means is, We like to reach the people who are like us. We are most comfortable in a room when everybody is like us. Can you guys relate to that? If I can walk into a place and I look around and I'm like, yeah, these are my people. That's a good feeling, isn't it? It's a good feeling. But once in a while, we're called to break out of that. And Jesus' original call was, it's not just about the people who are like us. We're called to reach all people all over the world. And that's harder. Quite a journey for me. I grew up in a small town in Iowa, northern Iowa. It's a little bigger than this. We had three stoplights. We had a lot going on. We had a Hardee's and a Subway. And that was it. 
Uh, that's where I grew up from the time I was three until I graduated high school, northern Iowa farming community. I was a town kid. Half a block from me was the soybean field, but I was a town kid. You know, there's a difference. Um, the journey from me into coming from a very homogeneous place, first to becoming an inner city pastor in St. Paul for eight years, right in the Midway neighborhood, halfway between the two downtowns, that's quite a journey, <laughs> right? Um, quite a journey to the job where I am now, where I get to work with, I kind of try to do the math, I, I work with six Ethiopian churches, three Native American churches, two Hmong churches, one Spanish-speaking church, one Liberian church, uh, plus we'll have our refugees. Is Josh coming next week from Envision? So our refugee ministries in the Twin Cities, he'll be here next week to talk about some really amazing outreaches, and that's where I have my office. Quite a journey from a small town, very white, <laughs> farming community in Iowa to seeing how God gets to work in all different cultures. So today, I'm going to leave really quick after the service because I'm actually preaching in Worthington today. And in Worthington, there's 800 Ethiopian Amaharic speakers that work in the meatpacking plants. There's a church there that we've helped plant. About 60 Amaharic speakers meet on Sunday afternoons. One guy there speaks English. He'll be my translator. I'm going to give them this same message. It's the, one of the greatest gifts that someone in my role gets to do to get to see how though the language might be different, though the culture is different, though even like how the church might be organized is different, we have one Jesus. We have the same Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. I, I sometimes wish I could just drag some of you along with me for like a month in my job, because it is, it's sometimes like whiplash. Like there's, there was a Sunday morning where I took my kids to our church in Roseville, you know, pretty traditional church, and worshiped there, and as soon as worship was over, I jetted to Anoka to a Liberian church. And man, oh man, that's the loudest, <laughs> the loudest sanctuary I've ever been in. Uh, same Jesus, really different style. Same Jesus, all of Jesus for all of the world. So you're invited, and part of how this church was started was this was started as a church that kind of was partnered with the church in Vermilion and still is, and that means this is kind of a Judea church. They were like asking the question, how do we raise the spiritual temperature of southeastern South Dakota? And all these partnerships have been formed in the last three, four years, and it's been really beautiful that God answered a lot of those prayers, and this church is here today. Uh, the call for you is, how are we going to reach Centerville? This is your Jerusalem. This is your, this is your place. Jimmy's also planting Ecclesia up in Sioux Falls. That's kind of this same area, but it's different, right? And you're called to partner with that as well. You're called to partner with the Samarias, people that are different from you. And that could be in all different kind of ways. I don't know this community well enough but, or this area, but I bet there's some people that are different, right? That need to know about this Jesus. And you're called to look at them not anymore as different, but as opportunity. We have been put in this place and given the opportunity to share Jesus with them. And we also have this ends of the earth opportunity. Uh, this is where 
you're really blessed to be part of the Christian Missionary Alliance. This is our heart. We're seven times larger overseas than we are here. Um, we have, just in the US, our U.S. workers, we have 700 Alliance workers, missionaries, serving in 70 different countries today, all over the world. That's not including other countries who have Alliance churches that are also sending missionaries to different parts of the world. That's just the U.S. part. And you'll get to hear about that as you become as you're part of this church, of hearing what the Alliance is doing and even ask to partner. All of our Alliance churches give financially to support that work of Alliance missions all over the world. So when we say it's all of Jesus for all of the world, we're serious about it. That is the heart of how we got started. So to close today, uh, I'm just going to share a quick video and then I'll come up and pray and then I will say goodbye and run out the door really quick. (laughs) So... Go ahead.